tonight, we continue our series, A New Way of Thinking. Uh, last Sunday, last week, <clears throat> we started the series, and, and the first study was called Guard Your Mind. It was based on Proverbs 4.23. He says, above all else, guard your heart, guard your mind, for it is the wellspring of life. And we talked last week about the mind is influenced by what we put into it. That's why you need to guard it, because the mind is influenced by what you put into it. And so we talked about guarding our mind last week. Now tonight, we're going to be talking about training your thought life, and I've titled it, Train Your Brain. thought that might help you remember. Train your brain. It's really about training your thought life. We must realize that thoughts are, put this on your notes, we must realize that thoughts are real and powerful, even though they can't be seen, weighed, or measured. Uh, if you don't have an outline, feel free to jump up and get one. But we must realize that thoughts are real and powerful, even though they cannot be seen, weighed, or measured. That's why Paul told us to capture every thought. <clears throat> Open your Bibles to 2 Corinthians chapter 10. Let me show you that verse. 2 Corinthians chapter 10, verse 5. I almost did a Bible study on this passage of Scripture tonight, uh, but I at least want to include this verse. He says in verse 5, 2 Corinthians chapter 10, <clears throat> verse 5, We demolish arguments and every pretension that sets itself up against the knowledge of God. And notice this, And we take captive every thought to make it obedient to Christ. I want you to notice how he said that. We take captive, not some thoughts, we take captive every thought to make it obedient to Christ. Paul told us, you've got to capture your thoughts. Now, I don't know if you've watched the news this week. If you have, you saw something really strange. Anybody, anybody watch the llama drama? Wasn't that hilarious? And we had two helicopters overhead and giving us, giving us all kinds of visuals, all kinds of... Uh, sites of the llama drama. We had a white, if you don't know what I'm talking about, had a white llama and a black llama that got loose in Phoenix or some Arizona somewhere. Uh, somewhere in Arizona. Where they came from, I never did hear. But we had two llamas running around the neighborhood, a white one and a black one, and it was hilarious just watching everybody trying to capture the llamas. And, and the TV commentators had the helicopters hovering above, and they were making step-by-step -step commentary about the llama drama. Well, the, the idea of capturing something is what Paul is talking about here. It's kind of like the llamas that are elusive, those llamas that are running here and there, and you're trying your best to capture it. Paul says, that's what you've got to do with your thought life. You've got to capture your thoughts. And he said, and make them obedient. In other words, they, they aren't necessarily going to go that way easily. Capture it and make them obedient. Paul understood the influence of one's thoughts on one's life. What occupies our minds will sooner or later influence what we say and what we do. Put that on your notes. What occupies our minds will sooner or later influence what we say and what we do. That's why it's so important. I'm going to emphasize that one more time. What occupies our minds, whatever it is our minds, our thoughts think about, whatever occupies our minds will sooner or later 
Maybe not today, maybe not tomorrow, but sooner or later, whatever occupies your minds will influence what you say, what comes out of your mouth, and what you do. You see, in a large part, we are what we think. The real you is dominated by your thoughts. The real you is is dominated by your thought life. That's why it's so important that you and I train our brain. It's interesting that the Word of God tells us that we ought to do that. Philippians chapter 4, if you haven't turned there yet, that's going to be our our text tonight. Philippians chapter 4, the Apostle Paul tells us, writes about the necessity of training our brain. Training our thought life. He says, I'm going to read the text beginning chapter 4, verse verse 8. I'll tell you what, let's go up to verse 4. We're not going to really talk about it, but just for context. Verse 4. Rejoice in the Lord always. I, I say it again. Rejoice. Let your gentleness be evident to all. The Lord is near. Do not be anxious about anything. But in everything, by prayer and petition with thanksgiving, present your request to God. And the peace of God, which transcends all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. We'll come back to that at the end of the study. Verse 8, finally, brothers, whatever is true, whatever is noble, whatever is right, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is admirable, if anything is excellent or praiseworthy, Think about such things. Whatever you have learned or received or heard from me or seen in me, put it into practice. And the God of peace will be with you. Let's work our way through verse 8, especially, or verses 8 and 9. Paul tells us several things here that we need to understand in in the area of trying to train our brain. He says, first of all, this is on your notes. Number one, we must develop discipline. In our thought life. We must develop discipline in our thought life. He says towards the end of verse 8, if, or at the end of verse 8, think about such things. He, he has listed these things we ought to think about, and then he emphasizes, think about such things. Now, in the original language of the New Testament, it was clear that this was a command from Paul. Think about such things was a command. You might want to jot that down on your notes. Paul was not saying simply that, hey, it would be a good idea if you think about these things. He was not saying it's a good idea. He was saying it is imperative that you do this. This is a command from the Lord. It is imperative. We must realize that thoughts are real and they're powerful and and they're life-shaping for you and for others. So he says, think about such things. And it was an absolute command. You see, there's a law of life that if a man thinks about something enough, he'll come to the stage where he can't stop thinking about it. Have you found that to be true? Do you know what I'm talking about? If a, if a person thinks about something long enough, he'll get to the stage where he can't stop thinking about it. And so you need to choose what you think about. You need to make sure that you're dwelling on the right thing rather than dwelling on the wrong things. And sometimes the reason... Have you ever done this? Have you ever stopped after doing something that you wish you hadn't done? Have you ever said to yourself, I wonder why I did that? You know why? You probably were thinking it before you ever got to the stage of doing it. And sometimes it's not even consciously, but you don't even realize that you have... You have develop these thought patterns in your mind. 
These thought patterns have led you down this road of, and, and all of a sudden you did what your mind had been dwelling on. Paul says, you need to think about these things, but use your mind in a positive way. You, you see, and I tried to illustrate this last week. Billy wasn't here last week, and I, was, I needed his help as a farmer, as a cattle farmer. But I tried to illustrate how, how cattle, they'll walk a certain path, they'll walk a certain way from point A to point B, and when they walk a certain way, they wear a path out in the pasture. And it's not like somebody was out there saying, go up here and turn right, all right, everybody can, this way, turn right, turn left. There's nobody out there directing traffic. They just keep walking that way. And when they keep walking that way, they wear a path out, don't they? Did you know that physically you can wear grooves into your brain? I don't mean that grooves that would be visible or anything like that. But, but if you start really doing the research, and I don't have it in front of me, so I, I'm not going to try to quote it, but if you start doing the research in layman's terms, what you can do is you can actually wear grooves in your brain. You can train your brain to think certain ways, and, and there's this firing in your brain. It's, it's basically wearing down paths. So Paul says, you need to think about these things that are the right way to think. You need to develop a habit of thought that is productive. So he spells out for us, what kind of habit of thought is productive? So that's number two on your outline. We must deliberately choose our thoughts. And, and our goal is this. Our goal is, produce a, is to produce a wholesome thought pattern. We're wanting to learn how to produce a wholesome thought pattern. We need to deliberately choose our thoughts. And so he gives us a list of things that we should think about. Now, here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to try as best I can to tell you what I believe these things are, but I want to ask for your participation as well. I want you to help me teach this part of the lesson. He says, first of all, in verse 8, Finally, brothers, whatever is true, this is one of the things you ought to think about, whatever is true. And what I'm going to do is try to give you a positive and a negative for each of these. All right? So you can take notes however you want, but I'm going to try to give you a positive and a negative for each one of these uh, thoughts that he says we ought to be working on. First, he says, whatever is true. Now, now, let's think about that positively speaking. It means whatever is true to fact, if you want to write that down. There's not a blank there, but you can take notes. Whatever is true to fact, deal in terms that are true to fact. Deal in terms that are, uh, that are actual, that correspond to reality. Deal in terms that are, think in terms of what is actually true. Not what, what others think is true, not, not opinion. What is actually true? Now, why you tell me, why do you think that would be important that we make sure that we're dealing with things that are absolutely true? Focusing, dwelling on things that are absolutely true. Why would that be important? A standard. <clears throat> Something that can't be disputed, exactly. We can be misled. <clears throat> and has anybody else experienced this? Have you had somebody talk to you and <clears throat> their opinion is different from your opinion? Huh? Just a time or two. <clears throat> I, I think some of you saw this this week. I, we just had all kinds of things this week. <clears throat> I want to put something up on the, on the screen here. Some of you know where I'm going with this. All right, now some of you don't know what I'm talking about. Some of you are sick of talking about it. And some of you can't understand what in the world. 
All right, <clears throat> we're going to, here, without, ta- well, I've got the wrong thing. I've lost the whole crowd. All right, here's what I want to ask you. Here's what I want to ask you. I'm going to count to three. I'm going to count to three, and all I want you to do is say out loud what color the dress is. What, what do you see? What are the colors, you, the two colors you see there? One, two, three. Now, some of you got really weird and said orange and something, you know. Most of you, let me do it this way. Most of, in case you, you've been under a rock and you have no idea still what we're talking about. This is a picture that was posted somewhere online. And some people see it one color and other people see it. So, so, so if you see it blue or black, raise your hand. Blue and black, rather. Blue and black. Wow. If you see it white and gold, raise your hand. If you see white and gold. Those are the people that are right, right there. The ones white and gold. That's what. Yeah. I'm not, talking about, I'm not talking about what it really, really is. I'm just talking about what the picture looks like. That is as white and gold as it can be. Right? Huh? What is it? What is it? What color is it? Blue and black. I do not. Listen, 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 listen. I absolutely do not understand how you can see blue and black out of that picture. Huh? I don't see any blue. I don't see any black. I see white and I see gold. I'm colorblind. (laughs) This thing... All right, I'll take it off because I'm going to lose you. Here's my point. By the way, in, in real, I've seen a video of the dress. In reality, the dress is blue and black. It's blue and black. But on that picture, when I look at that picture, I see white and gold. It was so funny at, at the house and in the office when, when people see it for the first time. And they cannot believe that you see something different from what they see. Did you have that experience? It, like... Um, I can't remember which one it was. One of my, my family members, I think it might have been Lauren, <clears throat> when, when I said it's white and gold, she said, Daddy, are you kidding me, right? You're, just, you're kidding me. No, I'm not kidding you. It's white and gold. Lauren, what are you talking about? Daddy, that is blue and black. And, and Melanie in the office, we were looking at it, and Melanie kind of got a little upset about it. She said, she said what are you talking about? That is blue and black. How could you see white and gold? Because that's what it is. All right. It's a good illustration, though. Listen. It's a good illustration of what is truth. For lots of people, truth is how I see it. Right? I see it this way, therefore it's true. Jason, I see white and gold. For me, if you say, what color's there? I see white and gold, and that is true for me. You say, well, well, I see blue and black. That's true for me. So, it's okay when you're talking about dress colors. What do you, when you're talking about the social issues of life or decisions you have to make in life, how do you determine what truth is? I want to tell you something, there's one standard for truth, and it's not your opinion, and it's not my opinion, but it's God's Word. That's truth. Because everybody's got an opinion of things. 
Everybody's got a, you know, their own perspective of things. So when Paul says, here's what you think about. Think about whatever is true. Guess what he's talking about? The Word. Think about whatever is true. Not your perspective of true. Not your opinion of true. But the Word, which is true. That's the positive. The negative is avoid thinking about those things that are deceptive or shady. You see, Satan wants you to believe his lies. And God wants you to believe his truth. So he says, think about whatever's true. Number two, another way to train your brain besides thinking about whatever is true is think about whatever is noble. Now, if you have a different translation, give me another word. What is used in your Bible? Honorable. Did somebody else say honest? Honest, honorable, noble. Think about those things that are honest, those things that are uh, noble, those things that are respectable. That's a positive way of saying that, a negative way of saying that. Avoid dwelling on those things that are irrelevant, dishonest, those things that that are disrespectful. Think about those things that are honest. Think about those things that are noble. Don't let your mind go in the other direction. So this week, tomorrow, you can just ask yourself this question. Is this true? Is it honest? Is it noble? By the way, if you get to those first two and and the answer is no, it's not true and it's not honest or noble, then stop dwelling on it. You're letting those things wear a a groove in your brain. So if you start that checklist and you get to one or two and it doesn't match the checklist, stop dealing with it. Stop worrying about it. Stop dwelling on it. Then he says, whatever is right... Finally, brothers, whatever is true, whatever is noble, whatever is right. I think in another translation it may say just. Anybody else have a different word? Think about those things that are right. Recognize those things that are right. It's hard for me to define that one, except you just know sometimes, right? You just know this is right. And sometimes you just know this is wrong. So as your mind is thinking about things tomorrow, ask yourself, is, is this right? Or do I sense in my spirit this is wrong? If it's wrong, I don't need to be thinking about it. So, so I'm developing a filter, if you will, through which my thoughts are going. I'm filtering my thoughts, and I'm, I'm filtering them by whatever's true, whatever is honest, whatever is right. That's my filter. Then he says, whatever is pure. Think about those things that are morally pure. He's talking about, you might want to just put this down, have clean thoughts. This is an easy one for us to talk about. Don't think dirty thoughts. It's an easy one for us to understand. Don't indulge yourself in impure, lustful, dirty thoughts. So, so again, that's a filter for your brain. It's a filter for your mind. <clears throat> then he says, well, well, let me stop right there. Uh, let, me, let me tell you about a man that I know personally. I haven't seen him in years. Uh, 
it was a man in North Carolina, not here. And, and he came to me one day, and he, he had some issues. And, and uh, I, I counseled with him for, for a while. And one of the things that, that he had issues was was things that he was thinking about. And we, we kind of developed this little system where we went through Philippians 4.8. <clears throat> and he developed that checklist in his mind. And... Uh, he would say it this way. He said, Keith, I Philippian 4 ate it. I knew exactly what he was talking about. He, I said, hey, call him by name. Say, hey, how you doing? How's it been going this week? Oh, it's been, it's doing pretty good. I had one time where I was really struggling, but I Philippian 4 ate it. It's hard to even say it correctly, but, but I knew what he's talking about. The Apostle Paul says, if you want to train your brain, and think about those things that are pure and not those things that are impure. And when your mind starts to wander down that path of, of impurity, Philippians 4, 8 it. And say, that's it. I'm not going to let my mind go there. And then he says, whatever's lovely. Whatever's lovely. I'm thinking about something my wife said. Uh, she's she's with the youth tonight. That's the reason you don't see her here. So that's the reason I can talk about her. Uh, <clears throat> and I've heard, by the way, when I say something like that, some of you go to her and tell her what I said. After church, she'll come and say, what did you say about me? I said, what are you talking about? I heard you were talking about me. And sometimes you actually tell her what I said. But she's going to be down with the youth all night, so you're not going to be able to tell her. Uh, whatever. <laughs> okay, moving on. Billy just convicted me. <laughs> now, this is not a bad thing. This is, and by the way, I hope you know, I love my wife to pieces. I, I, just, hope, I just hope you understand that, that... Uh, she is a precious, precious woman to me, and I'd never do anything to deliberately hurt or humiliate or embarrass her. And when I pick on her, it's just one of my ways. I pick on her. If I pick on you, it's a sign that I like you. All right? Now, don't get mad. He doesn't pick on me. <laughs> but especially in my family, if I pick on you, it's just, it's just my way of showing you I love you. So, so... In a weird sort of way, when, when I'm telling you stuff about my wife like that, I, I just want you to know how much I love that woman. And that's just one of my weird ways of showing it. Anyway, I don't know how in the world I got off on that, but lovely. Here's what I was wanting to tell you about her. We were going down the road one day. You're not supposed to text while you're driving, right? So I handed her my phone. I said, text so-and-so and tell him so-and-so. And she did, and they responded. And... and uh, 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 then she read what they said to me, and I, and I said, well, okay, we'll just respond. And, and she said, okay, and, and, and she responded. And I said, after she'd sent it, I said, what did she say? What did you say? She said, I said, that's lovely. <laughs> I said, Lisa, I don't talk like that. <laughs> that's for me. I don't remember who it was, but it, it was a guy, too. And I was saying to some other guy, hey, you want to go hunting? Yeah, that's lovely.
<laughs> Paul says, think about those things that are lovely. Think about those things that are good. Think about those things that are attractive, that are wholesome. Don't think about those things that are negative and bitter and angry. Let your mind dwell on those things that are lovely. Then he says, whatever is admirable. Think about those things that are appealing. It it literally means this, if you want to write this down. Think about those things that are worth talking about. There's some things that just aren't worth talking about. If it's not worth talking about, it's not worth thinking about either. Avoid dwelling on those those things that likely will offend somebody. Avoid thinking about those things that will drive somebody away. Instead, think about what is admirable. And then he ends it by saying, think about whatever is excellent or praiseworthy. Now help me teach that. What in the world does that mean? To think about things that are excellent or praiseworthy. What's excellent? Hmm? Very good. Excellent, without fault. Think about those things. What's praiseworthy? And do you have a different translation that'll help us? What does he say? What's another translation? You don't have another one? Virtue? We might make it very, very simple by saying this. Think about those things that, that are good, those things that are positive, those things uh, that have good influence. Think about those things that are excellent and praiseworthy. Now, real quickly, I want you to see something in Psalm 19. Go to Psalm 19. You write this reference down on your notes. Psalm 19, verses 7 through 9. Psalm 19, verses 7 through 9. <clears throat> Just to underline what we said earlier about God's Word being truth. When you compare what Paul wrote about things we ought to think about to David uh, and what he wrote. David describes the Word of God for us, and his list is amazingly similar to Paul's list, though David is writing about the Word of God. Psalm 19, 7 through 9. Verse 7, the law of the Lord is perfect, reviving the soul. The statutes of the Lord are trustworthy making wise the simple. The precepts of the Lord are right, giving joy to the heart. The commands of the Lord are radiant, giving light to the eyes. The fear of the Lord is pure, enduring forever. The ordinances of the Lord are sure and altogether righteous. They are more precious than gold, more, much more than pure gold. They are sweeter than honey, than honey from the comb. And by them your servant is warned, and keeping them there is great reward. So, amazingly similar in some ways when you start really looking at that list. Just another way of illustrating the very fact that really when we're talking about truth, we're not talking about your opinion or my opinion, but we're talking about God's truth. And if you want to train your brain, think in terms of God's Word. And in, a, in another week or two, we're going to go there in a much deeper fashion as we talk about taking the Word of God 
and putting it in our minds. So let's get to number three before we close. Number three on your notes. Paul closes this section by saying we must put into practice what we hear and learn. Going back to Philippians, we must put into practice what we hear and learn. Philippians chapter 4, verse 9. I'm going to turn back to that. Here's what he says. Excuse me. Whatever you have learned or received or heard from me or seen in me, put it into practice. And the God of peace will be with you. If you mark your Bible, mark this phrase. Put it into practice. Put it into practice. Paul reveals that the folks in Philippi had discovered the need for a disciplined thought life by two ways. One by exhortation. He says, whatever you've learned or received... Whatever you've learned or received through his teaching, whatever they'd learned or received through his preaching, they had learned it through exhortation, but they also learned it through example because he says, what you, whatever you have heard or seen in me. They watched him. And what he was preaching and what he was teaching matched the way he was living. It's all, that's always the best way, isn't it? When what the preacher or the teacher is teaching or preaching matches what they're living. And Paul says in verse 9, whatever you have learned or received or heard from me or seen in me, put it into practice. I've got something I want you to remember. I've got a question for you. Can you say that to your kids? Don't you think about that. Don't, don't be flippant with it. Don't just pass it off. Would you be able to say this to your kids? Whatever you have learned or received or heard from me or seen in me, put it into practice. Wow. Isn't that a challenge? Put it into practice. Paul did not preach or teach what he did not live. Now, I want to tell you, some of you have kids that are small. Some of you have kids that are in high school. Some of you have kids that are in middle school. Some of you have kids that are gone and grown. But you still have influence in their life because you're their parent. And though we will never do this perfectly, it ought to be our goal that we could say to our kids, Whatever you've seen in me, whatever you've heard from me, whatever you have learned from me, I encourage you to put it into practice. You know what I've heard sometimes? Just being honest. I've heard sometimes Dad say, I don't want you to be like me. I hope he turns out better than me. You are their example, aren't you? Here's the point, though. My point is this. I've got to chase that rabbit for a moment, but the point is this. Paul is simply telling us that those things that we've learned, those things that we've seen, those things that we have heard are useless if we don't put them into our lives. It's kind of useless. 
It's, it's information, but it's useless information if it's not put into your life. So when Paul said, here's what he's saying. Now, I'm, I'm going to plow close to the corn, so listen very closely. Here's what Paul is saying. Here's your list. Here's your filter. Think on these things. Think of those things that are pure, that are right and just and lovely and all of those things. Here's your list. It's your filter. Train your brain to think this way. And Paul is saying, this is the thing that will help you, but it's not going to do a bit of good if you don't do anything with it. It's not going to do a bit of good if all you do is put it on your little note sheet and said, I got it. I got all of Keith's notes. Big deal. Paul says, whatever you have seen, whatever you've heard, whatever you have learned from me, put it into practice. So this week, when your brain starts to go in a direction it shouldn't go in, maybe, maybe it's going down that road of, of that of the lustful thought, or, or maybe it's going down that road of, of thinking negative thoughts about yourself, that you're no good, and that you're never going to be anything. And, and, and Satan has all kinds of lies he's trying to get you to buy into this week. All of a sudden, say, no, wait, 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 wait. I've got this checklist I'm going to go through. If it doesn't meet this checklist, I'm going to stop thinking about it. If it's not right, if it's not honest, if it's not pure... Well, but he did this, and she said this. But if it's not right, if it's not honest, if it's not lovely, if it's not pure, I'm going to stop thinking about it. I'm going to put this into practice. I'm going to actually use God's Word. And you know what you'll be doing? You'll be training your brain. You've got to be careful. You train your brain the right way. Because for so long, we've trained our brain the wrong way. And that's the reason we have these negative thoughts. And that's the reason things come out of our mouths that shouldn't. That's the reason sometimes we do things we shouldn't do. We have trained our brain the wrong way. Notice the result of all this, and then I'm going I'm to let you go. Notice the result of all this in verse 9. He talks about it in verse, verse 7 and verse 9. <clears throat> in verse 7, he says, And the peace of God which transcends all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. And then in verse 9, look how he says it. What have you learned or seen or heard from me or, or seen in me, put it into practice, and the God of peace will be with you. So in verse 7, he's talking about the peace of God that will guard us. And in verse 9, he's talking about the God of peace who will guide us. Pretty cool. But it all hinges on this. Put it into practice. Put it into practice. So therefore, my brothers and sisters, listen carefully. Whatever is true, whatever is noble, whatever is right, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is admirable, if anything is excellent or praiseworthy, think about such things. Here's my challenge to you this week. Write that on a card, a three-by-five card, put it in your car, put it on your mirror, Put it somewhere where you're going to see it a lot this week. And when your brain starts to go in a different direction, let that be your checklist. Let that be your filter. Is this thought true? Is it, is it admirable? Is it trustworthy? Is it lovely? All those things. Run it through the checklist and decide whether or not it belongs in your brain. Father, thank you for your word. That is so personal and so practical. <clears throat> but we understand that it has its greatest effect 
when we put it into practice. Not just when we read it, not just when we study it or talk about it, but when we put it into practice. Paul has challenged us tonight to do that. Remind us of that this week. When we're tempted to dwell on things, help us to put it into practice. When our mind goes back to some old ruts, help us to put this verse into practice. And may our lives begin to look differently this week because our minds were thinking differently this week. And that won't come because of our willpower. It will, become, it will come about because of you, Lord, and your power. So we ask your help in Jesus' name. Amen.